Dear Holy Father, we do pray that you'll be with our message tonight. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures that you preserved for these last days through the blood of your martyrs. Now, God, help us be watchful. Help us not be overcharged. Help us not be distracted. May we honor you, your church, our temples. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, tonight, I had an internet problem, and every now and then that will happen. And so, um, I have my notes, and we will be attaching the notes for this message online. But um, right now, you're just going to have to listen, and hopefully um, you can do that the old-fashioned way. And I'll do everything I can to read the Scriptures to you. But it's going to require your attention. And so may the Lord help us. Now listen to the title here. My title is Junk Food, A Root of Sin. Strife and sorrows. This does not mean that every sin comes from junk food. It doesn't mean that every bit of strife or conflict or disagreement comes from junk food. It doesn't mean that every sorrow comes from junk food. I hate that I have to even say the obvious. But I'm going to prove by the scriptures, and I believe it's affirmed by modern science, that junk food is a root of sin, of strife, and sorrows, a significant root that I believe the Lord Jesus and the Scriptures point to it as a root. And I believe there's a lot of, um, there's some scales on the eyes today. There's tradition, there's culture, and there's a lot that keeps us from seeing what the Lord is saying. As you know, I wrote a track on this back in the 90s. Junk food junkies for Jesus. So much has come out since then. The scripture I'm going to begin with, and I'm going to ask a question, is Proverbs 18. It says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? I believe this is saying that if you have a bodily weakness, but your spirit is right, your mind is right, you are focused on God, His promises, His truth, somebody can have total infirmity of body and they can bear it. That is, have a good testimony with God, be holy, be godly, but a wounded spirit if your mind goes wrong, if your attitude goes wrong, how can you bear it? If your mind gets messed up. Now, of course, this is going to be linked together in some ways that we can't unravel. How the mind and the brain operate. 
As the physicists have said years ago, there's a ghost in the machine. Something's operating that brain. So where the brain goes wrong, obviously that's going to be an infirmity. But I believe what we're learning here is simply about the focus of your spirit, of your mind, and if that gets messed up, you're not going to be able to bear it. You're going wrong. The whole thing's going to mess up. Now, you don't want your body to be weak or sick. You want to try to avoid this. Even Paul, in all of his spirituality and maturity, prayed three times for whatever infirmity of the flesh that he had. He wanted this thing gone. It's a hindrance. Study finds in 2023, every bite of junk food increases the risk of dying from cancer. You don't want to have that type of trial in your life. You can still pray. You can still serve God. And we need to minister to those that are in such a hard trial and crisis. But you don't want to be hindered. God says it's a curse to be sick. Or put it this way, sometimes it can be a judgment. Even weakness, physical weakness can be a judgment from God. But we know many times we just run into these things because of our lack of responsibility. The Daily Mail reported yesterday... Headline, does this explain an epidemic of colorectal cancers in young Americans? Young people, just 24 years old, 22, getting married, excited, all of a sudden finds out they had a tumor. They're dead. It's just all over America, young people just finding out they have tumors, they're dying. Where are they coming from? What's happening? It's an epidemic. Scientists have now proven link between junk food and formation of stomach tumors for the first time. We have a generation on cane sugar and processed foods like never before in history. Not to mention all of the drugs and pesticides and other junk that's in the junk food. God forbid you don't want... These types of sicknesses, these types of diseases. But we've got a question here. Can food, rotten food, poison food, junk food, affect us mentally? If so, it's not going to be easy for you to bear that. Now we know that guilt is in many ways a wounded spirit. When you know you ought to be taking care of yourself and you don't, it brings guilt to us. Conviction. That's hard. You might, your flesh might enjoy the addiction 
of what you're consuming, whether it be in a gluttonous fashion or whether it be in a very unhealthy fashion that you know you should not be. You say, well, I'll deal with it later. I'll just do it this time, but I'll stop later. And uh, that type of guilt hurts us before the food ever does. But then we have addictions. Most people cannot stop or feel that they cannot stop their junk food addiction because they are addicted. They have withdrawal symptoms. They have cravings. Obviously, these things are already affecting our brain before we even look at other ways. Now, let me ask you this. What is the result of junk drinking? One type of junk drinking is to drink something with alcohol in it that intoxicates the brain, the body. Proverbs says it leads to sorrow, great sorrows. It leads to delusions. So we already see that putting something in your mouth can lead to mental alterations, blabbing, Drug drinking, many times they laced their grape juice with drugs. Are there drugs in the food supply today? And what about just divine blessing? Does God respond to a reasonable, holy fasting? Does He open up doors, give you blessings, give you answered prayers? I think the Scriptures show that He does. Well, can you imagine somebody saying, well, God, I'm going to fast this week for a day or half a day, but then I'm going to go back to living the rest of my life in irresponsibility and not caring about my temple, not eating for strength. If God blesses a holy fasting, will He not also bless wise choices saying God you gave me this temple it belongs to you I'm going to glorify you with my spirit that belongs to you I'm going to glorify you with my body that belongs to you this isn't my body I'm not going to poison it and live according to my lust this is the temple of the Holy Ghost I want to live in such a way that my body is surrendered on the altar. It's my reasonable service. I believe all of us have spent enough time living according to the flesh. Now let me give you a Bible verse that by now you should know of, but some might not have been familiar with it. Listen to me now. Junk food, a root of sin, strife, and sorrows. Listen to this verse. Ecclesiastes 10. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season. Listen to this. For strength and not for drunkenness. God is saying that your nation, your land, your community will be blessed when leaders get this eating thing under control. 
You might say, well, that doesn't make any difference. Well, why are we even concentrating on that? That's ridiculous. Solomon, blessed by God with great wisdom and inspired in the Scripture, says, land, blessed art thou when your leader does what? Oh, when he eats in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. Leaders should be examples. And their example leads to blessings upon their children. And they grow up with your example. Which means when you have a cultural chain that is going down through the ages, and you say, well, my grandmama did it this way, and my mama did it that way, you know what? You need to examine all of that, all of that heritage. You need to examine it all by the Bible. And some things you need to change. And when revival occurred, it's because they said, you know what? I love my dad. I love my mama. I love my grandmother. I love my great-grandmother. And some things they did right, and we're going to keep. Some things they did wrong, and we're going to change. We're not going to poison our generation. We're going to set it right. Forget stubbornness. It says in Titus 2 about the leaders, Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Now let's see what that concerns itself with. That the aged man, the examples, be sober, grave, temperate. There's that word. Temperate means in all things, having moderation where it's proper to have that and having abstinence where it's proper to have it. A big part of temperance uh, uh, is in regard to food and drink. To be temperate, according to the forefathers that defined it, means to abstain from things poisonous and hurtful and harmful. It means to have moderation with those things that are good. The Bible says it's good to have honey, but be in moderation lest you vomit. Sound in faith and charity in patience. The aged women likewise. What? Obviously, before we even read it, that they be sober, that they be temperate. But let's see what wording he gives us. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Why did he put that right in the middle? Is he saying, well, just be a little drunk? Not How is Paul, in the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, saying don't be given to much wine? When the Bible says don't even look at alcoholic wine. How is that an example? Before kids, hey, we just got a little bit of Jack Daniels here. No, wine here is grape juice. It's saying in regard to things that are good, you're going to be temperate. You're going to be moderate. Part of our examples, this is what you preach from the pulpit. Part of our examples for the young people is that we are temperate in food and drink. That we give them an example. It must be that something about food and drink is rooted in sin. Or put it this way, it is a root of much sin if you get it wrong. 
teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. What in the world does being moderate with grape juice have to do with being sober, loving your husband, not being a false accuser, loving your children? To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God be not blasphemed. Well, listen. Listen to me. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king, the leader, is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. The word for can be used in the sense of because. Remember in the book of Revelation, it says they gnawed their tongues for pain. What did for mean right there? They gnawed their tongues for pain. That didn't mean they wanted pain, so they gnawed their tongues. It meant because of the pain. Because of it. They were in pain. For pain. Because. Sometimes the word for in the Bible means because. However, the Holy Ghost gave us a marker here. Because listen to what he says. Thy princes eat in due season for strength, there's our word, and not for drunkenness. Ah, for strength, not for drunkenness. What did the word for mean there? It didn't mean this. It didn't mean that thy princes eat in due season because of strength. No, not at all. For strength here meant to gain or obtain strength. So you already know how for is defined here. So now think about it. Think about it. When thy princes, your leaders, eat in due season for strength, to obtain strength, and not for drunkenness, which would mean not to obtain a drunken state. Certainly, it can include opening the door for drunkenness. Gluttony and bad choices in diet can open the door for you to be consumed with alcohol and other sins. But I believe it goes beyond that. I believe when you make bad choices in regard to what you put in your mouth, according to the Word of God, according to the wisest man in natural things that ever lived, You can be in a state of disorder, a state of drunkenness from food. Bad food choices. Certainly we know with drugs and other plants, the Bible talks about that. It talks about wormwood and other things. But can gluttony actually put you in a state that is like drunkenness? Can poison toxic food laced with all kinds of chemicals and drugs in this modern age, can big food corporations and government agencies and powers that be actually manipulate the food supply knowing that they are putting you in a state, an altered state? I've shown in the past that they warned they're going to do it and they bragged about it. Not only does it increase their bottom line, their financial line, if they get you addicted, but they are able to control the populace. The Bible says you can eat for strength or you can eat for drunkenness to obtain some type of disordered mental state. 
Now, let me ask a question. What if you can get drunk from eating the wrong kind of food in the wrong amounts without it being a drug per se? When you get a chance, here's abc10.com just last month. Drunk without a sip of alcohol? Health expert explains auto brewery syndrome. And since it's undiagnosed, kind of like alpha gal, but starting to be recognized, more and more people are starting to realize, wait a second, this cane sugar, all of these Twinkies, all of these little Debbie cakes are producing ethanol in your gut. And there's people that are walking around in an intoxicated state. And they have not gone to drink the intoxicating wine. They haven't gone to get a six-pack or a 12-pack. They're drunk from Little Debbie cakes. Now put that aside for a second. What if eating junk food messes up your pancreas, messes up your insulin, and you get addicted to the sugar rush, so you continue with your junk food, you continue with your cheap carbs, you continue with your cane sugar and high fructose corn syrup, and your insulin is skyrocketing, skyrocketing, and then crashing, and then crashing. But now you're addicted, so you go right back to your corn syrup and your sugar. And you're on a roller coaster of high blood sugar only to crash. Man, I tell you something. There are people that could drink half a beer or two beers and might be in a better mental state, at least for getting along with. And I am not telling you to look at the wine or mess with it. But you start messing up and and having sugar crashes because of junk food eating, you will be a bear. You will be almost impossible to deal with. Your ups and downs, your hormonal insanity, the rage of that irritability in regard to that sugar crash, man, that is a drunken state if I ever saw it. What type of strife comes from that? What type of home strife? In due season means certainly eat before you crash unless you're fasting. And when you eat, have a protein that balances the carb and let it be a healthy carb. As they had what? Fish and honeycomb. Lamb. Bread. And fish, there was always a balance. So there's a junk food intoxication that results, certainly in gluttony, as well as unwise choices in so-called food that not only harms the body, but disorders the physical brain and the corresponding mind. Now listen to what the Lord Jesus said. That's Solomon that you could eat to obtain drunkenness. Now listen to what Jesus said. 
Luke chapter 21. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places. Boy, we're seeing that. And famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And now the conclusion of his whole point about the last days, which I've stressed again and again, we ought to listen to the Lord's conclusion of all of this in the last days. He said, take heed to yourselves. Boy, what's he about to say? Is he going to talk about not being a transvestite? Certainly that is abominable. What's he going to say? Take heed to yourself. In light of everything that you just heard, take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. Surfeiting is eating in the wrong season, in the wrong amount, and also in an unhealthy fashion. The Lord's saying your day-to-day things is what's going to make or break you. Why? Because they are roots for everything else. You go wrong in the foundation of day-to-day life. You get disordered and wrong about the day-to-day life. Then you're going to be wrong about everything. It's going to lead to it. It can potentially lead to that. The Lord's saying, deal with this food thing. That's the first thing He says. The first thing the Lord stressed. I believe we ought to listen to Him. And I could care less what any other preacher thinks. I could care less what the culture in our churches today say. I'm telling you right now, my Lord said that the thing you better make sure you're getting right in the end times, the very first thing He says is take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Does He just mean your physical heart? That can certainly happen. He must mean your mind. He must mean your spirit. Your spirit can get wounded. Your spirit can be overcharged. And that day will come upon you unawares. It will put you in some type of intoxicated state that you're not sober about the Lord's coming anymore. All because you're surfeiting. I don't know why every preacher in America doesn't say, you know what? This is what the Lord stresses. I'm going to hit this at least once a month. What's wrong? The Bible says our churches will be asleep. What's wrong today? That we can't get this thing right. And the first thing we better make sure we're right about is not surfeiting. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Solomon goes to tell you how to bless your land when your leaders get the food right. That's a strange thing for Solomon to say. Our Lord gives His whole sermon about the end times and concludes that the first thing I want you to do is get your food right. Don't you tell me that I'm out of balance on this thing. Don't you tell me that I'm wrong to emphasize this. I'm in good standing. If you want to go with the modern culture, go with it. I'm in good standing here. God gave me a message to give from the Word of God. And He said, make your face stronger than their face. 
For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be a kind of worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Obviously, something about your food will keep you from being in a watchful state. You better listen. You better listen to Solomon. You better listen to our Lord Jesus. Modern science is right here with us. Nutritional health. 2023, this year, association between university student junk food consumption and their mental health. Daily consumption of junk food was significantly linked to stress. The Lord talked about the cares of this life weighting us down and overcharging us. And now we're finding out junk food causes stress, is linked to stress. Well, that's all we need is more stress. Nutritional neuroscience of 2023 this year. Junk food consumption and psychological distress in children and adolescents. A systematic review and meta-analysis. Available evidence indicates that junk food, defined as unhealthy foods with high calorie and low nutritional value, negatively affect mental and metabolic health of children. Why would you curse your children? Man, if you say, you know what, it's too late for me, and you believe the lie that you're too old to fix it, God forbid, give your children a chance, amen? Give their children a chance that are not born yet, if they're going to have any. God forbid. God says, you reject knowledge, I'll curse your children. That's what God says. It's because you're not passing down truth. An example This meta-analysis showed that junk food consumption was associated with increased odds of psychological distress in children and adolescents. You've got depressed children. You've got stressed out children. But why won't you consider that it's because of what you stick in their mouth? At least that's part of it. 2022, study finds eating junk food may be the reason you're feeling anxious or depressed. Researchers from Florida, Atlantic, Universities, Schmidt College of Medicine say they found the connection. Processed foods contain these flavorings and colorings and emulsifiers and cosmetic additives and all that other stuff. Antibiotics, hormones, all the mess. Researchers say... There have been previous studies that found a link between consuming this food, this ultra-processed food, and depression. That's all you need to be is overcharged and depressed. Boy, I've I've learned that just little things can change my whole mood for a day. I I, I have learned from the time I was young and and, and all the way up into high school, I I would go, well, we had this rich school and they decided, hey, it's going to be like a restaurant, man. We got a la carte. You just come in and go to the bar. You can get... Eclairs and Twinkies, Eclairs, all, all these things. And, and man, I'd go there and say, I need to get me something to eat. I haven't eaten all day, you know. I'm just kind of depressed and gloomy and miserable and no protein. But I'll look over there at that chocolate or vanilla Eclair or whatever you call them things and I'd say, I'm going to get that. I knew nothing about nutrition. But there was something in me that said, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And I'd buy that thing, and boy, I'd feel good for a second, and then I'd feel cursed the whole rest of the day, man. It was horrible. I said, I'm never going to do that again. 
all those Halloween things and Easter's and you get that little chocolate Easter buddy and eat its ear or something. I say, here, man, you could have it. I don't want this stuff. I don't want it. I don't want the feeling. I don't want the misery. The new study looked at a nationally representative sample of U.S. adults. Results reveal Americans who consume the highest amounts of ultra-processed foods reported having significantly more mentally unhealthy days and anxious days, uh, you don't say. New York Times this year, the link between highly processed foods and brain health, eating packaged foods have been associated with anxiety, depression, and cognitive decline. We've known for decades that it's linked to unhealth, unwelcome health outcomes like diabetes, obesity, cancer. But more recent studies point to another major downside of these delicious, convenient foods. They appear to have a significant impact on our minds. You want to curse your body. That's hard to bear. But the Bible says, who can bear a cursed mind? Something to think about. Here's a study posted by beingpatient.com. A neurobiologist on what junk food does to your brain. University of Florida neurobiologist Sarah Burke discusses the research on these ultra-processed foods and cognitive decline. Scientists have known for years that unhealthy diets may cause detrimental changes to the brain and lead to cognitive impairment. Two recent large studies suggest that eating ultra-processed foods may exasperate age-related decline, cognitive decline, even increased risk for developing permanent dementia. Health at Harvard tells us eating ultra-processed foods tied to cognitive decline. New York Post, junk food hijacks your brain's ability to even control food intake. They're finding out that when you start nibbling on this stuff, all of a sudden it takes over your brain and things happen in your brain to where you have no self-control anymore. It's what drugs do anyway. They're saying it's acting like a drug. All of a sudden it starts taking over these areas of the brain where you now feel like you don't have any control. So let's look at root sins, okay? What did Eve eating junk food, what kind of sins did that lead to? This whole thing started with that. But let's go on. Psalms 11 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now listen to the foundations, okay? Listen to the roots. God says in Ezekiel 16, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Well, obviously he's going to get right into sodomy. Obviously he's going to start beginning with... Uh, Going after strange flesh. No, no, no. This was the sin, he said. Pride. Pride. I deserve it. I deserve to do what I want. Number two, fullness of bread. Wonder what kind of bread they were eating. Whatever it was, it was in a gluttonous way. The first two things, pride and eating, as he said, brought down Sodom. Now I see why the Lord... It ought to make your hair stand up. Now I see why the Lord... In giving us his sermon about the last days, the first thing he dealt with is food. God dealing with Sodom, the first thing he deals with is pride 
your own selfishness, and food. An abundance of idleness is three. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. That's four. Just selfishness and food. That's what God linked it all to. And they were haughty. He adds is like, by the way, also. And they committed abomination before me. Why did he begin with pride, selfishness, and how they were eating? And then said, oh, they were haughty and committed abomination. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. I'm telling you because these other things were roots. These other things were roots. This is why the Lord went to the heart of the matter. Neither has Samaria committed half of thy sins. Talking about Israel, Judah. But thou hast multiplied thine abominations more than they. You've justified thy sisters in all thine abominations which thou hast done. And you've judged thy sisters. Bear thy own shame for thy sins that thou hast committed more abominable than they. They are more righteous than you. Boy, I'd hate for God to say to our churches, Sodom was more righteous than you are. But he's talking to the people of God. Anybody awake? You know the homosexuals love verse 49? They parade it all over the world. The sins of Sodom and of Sodom had to do with unhealthy eating and gluttony and pride. Well, they miss verse 50. They miss that God says, oh, they committed abominations. But what the conservative Christian needs to do is realize what led to homosexuality. What led to all these other things? And what did fullness of bread and selfishness have to do with it? You better answer that question. And you can get haughty and stubborn all you want. That was exactly Sodom's sin. If you tried to correct them, they said, don't judge me. Can there be roots that lead to sin? Can you have a wrong love of food that leads to all kinds of sins in your life? Well, we already know you can have the wrong kind of love of money. And what does the Bible say about that? 1 Timothy 6, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Could food be one of them? Which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. They pierce themselves through with many sorrows. So if you can have a wrong love of money, can you have a selfish, haughty, stubborn, unhealthy love for food? And if the wrong love of money leads to all kinds of sins as the root, potentially, can the wrong love of food? Are you going to say with Eve and Solomon and Sodom and our Lord Jesus that that's not possible? When they all get to the root of the, ma- root of the matter? It says it began with food. It began with this wrong love of food. This haughtiness, this selfishness. Nobody's going to tell me, I'll do what I want. And you just follow your lusts. No fear. No concern about the temple. No concern about your testimony to others. 
No concern about what it's doing to your brain. There used to be a time when if you were poor, you ate pretty good stuff. Goat milk, goats, fruits, leaves, none of it had pesticides, none of it had anything on it. Just pretty good stuff. But if you were rich, you could get all kinds of stuff. You know, here's the tongue of a donkey. Here's this with all kinds of wormwood all over. I mean, you just had all kinds of weird stuff. So the Bible says in Proverbs 23, Eat not thou the bread of him that have an evil eye, neither desire his dainty meats. The morsel which thou hast eaten shalt thou vomit up. The Bible says if you go to a rich person's house, don't desire to eat what he's eating. It was like that in the days of Rome. Man, they're just eating all kinds of gross stuff. But did our Lord actually give us a prophecy? Did the Lord actually prophesy that a time will come upon us and upon the whole world when it's not just the rich can eat unhealthy, but they've made it to where the cheapest food is the most unhealthy? They've actually made it. To where it's mass produced now with chemicals and it's cheap and it fulfills your lust only to make you crave for more and make you crave for more and now your body's disordered your hormones your blood sugar man we gotta look at this again hold on now hold on with me listen again God dealt with Sodom. Selfishness and food. Our Lord dealt with the last days. He begins with food. This is, this is amazing. Solomon tells you the whole nation's cursed when the leaders get wrong about food. Listen to this. Luke 17. Our Lord Jesus. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot... They did eat. There he goes. That's the first thing. First thing he deals with. They drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Could it be that not only were they doing these things without concern of God, which is bad enough, but the way they were doing these things, the way they were eating, the way they were drinking, the way they were being given in marriage. It was all sin. Even the plowing of the wicked sin. Not only because he forgets God, but oftentimes the way he does these things. Let's go to Jude. Maybe we can find some more light. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. Okay, so at least Jude begins with fornication. And going after strange flesh. So there's the angels going after... Uh, I'm sorry, sorry the, um, the men going after the angels and the men going after other men. Are set forth an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Uh-oh, but then he says these are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. So even Jew tells you something's wrong about the way they eat. 
Paul says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. Let's hear our Lord Jesus again. Matthew 24, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating. Why does He stress that? Until the day that Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Is he just saying they were eating and they had no concern about the Lord coming or the judgment coming at the time? Or is our Lord saying there's something about the way they ate that overcharged them so they were not aware that judgment was coming upon them? There's something about the way they ate that caused them to lack sobriety and end up with drunkenness and delusion. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Our Lord saying, one of them in the field will be deluded about the second coming and not be living in sobriety. And He says, make sure that that's not you. Make sure that your hearts are not overcharged with surfeiting. He goes on to say, Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? Yeah, we need to hear about Him, Lord. We're scared to death. Whom His Lord hath made ruler over His household to give them meat in due season. Why did He say that? Why did He say, You'll be My servant? If you could be My servant now, I'll exalt you to a higher honor, and then you can give meat and due season in the millennial kingdom. Do you think you're going to be handing out junk food in the millennial kingdom? Do you think you're going to let all the nations of the world be gluttonous and become sickly? No. He says, if you show me that you can handle things now, I'll exalt you to a higher honor and you can give my servants food in the coming kingdom. That's spiritual food, of course. But does it not also show that we need to learn how to eat to keep our bodies and our minds from being overcharged? Let's continue to read. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Well, he just says it. If you're giving out the meat in due season now, you're going to be blessed when the Lord comes. That's part of it. You think that's just talking about spiritual things and not earthly things also? Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken. Why does he mention that? And why does he mention eating before he does drinking? He says if he begins to smite his fellow servant and begins to eat. Why does he say that? The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him. Something about that eating that keeps him from looking. And at an hour when he's not aware, and will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. God help us. SciTech Daily. Junk food and the brain. How modern diets lacking in micronutrients are contributing to irritability and anger. Smiting your fellow servant. Eating with the drunken. I don't think the drunken are very wise about what they stick in their mouth, are they? 
No, no, no. They're, they're driving. I, I watch them sometimes at the store. Oh, no, they're not wise at all. You got to look and see what they're drinking. Oh, they go and grab whatever they can get at the, at the local store, you know, and, and they just sit and pour it into their mouths, you know. They're not very wise about what they stick in their mouth. And then it leads to more confusion, more addiction, irritability and anger. We already know. Sugar crashes. We already know women get their hormones all messed up. They lose some of their femininity. Become masculine. We know the men get messed up with their hormones. Well, it messes up your blood sugar, messes up your hormones, messes up your endocrine system. SN Explorers. Junk foods can harm the teen brain. AIPT. EDU.AU. What happens to your brain when you eat junk food? Amazing articles. Daily Mail does this explain your sugar craving? The junk food actually physically rewires your brain, says scientist. I exhort you develop good habits while you're young. It'll make it easier than when you're in your 20s and in your 30s and in your 40s and in your 50s. And in your 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. But it's never too late. It's never too late to learn. If you only got one more year in this world, why don't you do it honoring your temple? Why don't you do it saying, I'm going to be as sober as I can. I'm going to, be, I'm going to eat in due season. I'm going to eat wise. Because the Lord says this stuff's linked. It's linked. Holy Father, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. Help us, God. Help us to think about these things. Help us to understand that all around us, God, you're just giving a ton, a snowball of information for any. But Lord, it says that they'll be ever learning but never able to come to knowledge of truth. Certainly the supreme truth. But God, could it be that we're just blind to these things? by our addictions because we're not considering your warnings in regard to Sodom in regard to what happened in the days of Noah and your very warnings that you've given us Lord we love you God thank you for so many good things we can eat and enjoy thank you for the good fellowship of good people and, and the loved ones you give us God the fellowship of your saints and body May we greet one another, Lord, by name. May we show love one to another, God, but help us show our children and our young people the importance of not feeding the flesh. Thank you for so many good things that we can enjoy in proper moderation. Help us be wise, God, not rot our teeth out, rot our brains. Walk around irritable and out of sorts. Sugar crashes. Come quickly, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.